Today on The Breakdown, Garrett, Andy, Andy, Garrett. It's like bullets flying by and you're Keanu in the Matrix, man. It's slow, but it's deadly. It's like a really well-drugged asp, you know? Yeah, an asp. That's right. It's a snake. It can kill you. It's from Egypt. Look it up. I don't care. It's probably, probably right, okay? So, yeah, that's what this hand is. This is a hand where money goes in. Because it's Garrett and Andy. That's all that ever happens with these guys, it seems, right? They play super deep. And in this case, the effective stack is, yes, $125,000 in this 5,100 game. So, yeah, everyone's crazy deep. And uh, let me say this. One guy's going to have a huge hand, and the other guy is going to make a play, and it will not be easy. It will not be easy. It will not (laughs) be easy on the breakdown with Grant Edison and Jonathan Love. So we're not going to Staples, I guess. They have that easy button. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you would go to Staples because it will not be easy. We hit the button. Now it's easy. It's like oh. fixes the problem. You don't go to Staples, you know, Staples because you don't have problems. That's a good point. I should go to Staples more. Basically not a sponsor. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, think about all the emotional problems you have. Maybe Staples can help with that, too. And I don't mean, be all defensive about that. <laughs> now I'm so sad. <laughs> no, everyone has emotional problems. Not to the degree necessarily. Why are we starting of, off this way? <laughs> I don't know. You got a hair in your mouth or something? Yeah, there's like some, picking. some sort of hair. Okay, so Grant has let his hair grow so much in the last two and a half years. He now looks like Raggedy Ann, basically. Like and, Raggedy uh, Ann. You, have, you, have, you know, it goes well past your shoulders. Is that yeah. fair to say? And so, yeah, and you got this big mustache. You used to be a normal looking dude. You, know, you look like <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm a, I'm, you're you know, a motorcycle. And I'm a hippie. Little, yeah. Or a motorcycle driver type guy. Motorcycle driver type guy. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Grant's now picking, pulling hair out of his mouth left and right like he's a freaking frog in a hair pit. I'm a frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. Yes. yes. When I get Grant to laugh Congratulations like to those who have been privileged enough to see me during this time because it's going to go away soon. I've been saying that for a while. You've been saying it for like a year, man. At least a year, yeah. So what does that mean? It means when is it going you away? Can't trust me. What can I? If I what what would you be willing to bet on? I won't take the bet obviously because you have full I have, control. I have full but like control. if you you know if you were outside but you have the amount of knowledge you have about yourself, when would you actually make it all this hair go away? I don't like, know. Like what would be like a fair price in terms of like if we're doing a date? There's like an auction for the date and you're like pushing it out. What would be a fair date? It's like currently, by the way, it's what, late August. It's really hard for me to say as Grant, who has intentions. You're, you're the only one who could say it. But it's harder for anyone else to say it. You're the one who says it the best of everyone in the world. Yeah, you, but you I, know what you're going to do. But I've been do. talking about getting rid of it for a long time, and I still <laughs> yeah. haven't. But everyone else has less information than I you I think do. October 15th is a reasonable okay. date. Okay, so, so two months? Yeah, a little bit more, less than two months. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take the over. That's a, that's a, you have been proven to be untrustworthy and an I was saying this unreliable narrator over a year ago for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be really weird when you do it finally too. Yes, yeah. my very daughter, my daughter's never really seen me without facial hair. Oh, she's going to freak yeah. out, dude. She's going to she's not going to know who you are for a little bit, yeah. and it's going to be very confusing. Should you do it slowly? Is that better? Or just go for it? Just pull maybe, the Band-Aid off? I think the, the hair on top of my head is less of a problem than the facial hair because that changes like the way the face looks, which is yeah. like, the communication spot. Um, I think I'm going to let her watch me shave that. Oh, that, that's smart. That, that will probably help, right? I, I don't know. 
she might think you just turned into another person, you know? I don't know. It's possible. She's very young. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know how, how she processes that. But that's a cool idea. I was also thinking you could do one at a time. So, like, you cut your hair first, your, your normal hair, and yeah. then... And, like, let her get used to you with short hair first for a few days or a week or whatever. And then you do maybe just the mustache but keep, like, the yeah. the rest of it, the goatee-ish or whatever. Get rid of the mustache and keep everything well, what, else. Whatever. Get, I think start, I'll go the opposite fine, way. Fine. But whatever, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, like, do it in stages for her yeah. so that way she can, like, slowly acclimate to it. That's, yeah. that's, that's what I would do. I might just do it all at once and for Or pull the bandaid off. It'll ultimately I think be I'm going to keep the mustache for a while anyway because mustaches are funny. It'll be funny just to have a mustache. It is a little funny to have a mustache. Yeah. Yeah, people with just a mustache. Good, if you keep the mustache, job, you're funny. If you keep, <laughs> if you keep the mustache, she'll probably know who you are. Yeah. I mean, you look really different, though. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I mean, if you right now had a guitar and started like singing metal ballads of the '80s, it wouldn't be that weird. It would be like, Sweet yeah, yeah, yeah. November rain. You sort of look like you belong in one of those bands right now. You Thank know, Striker. You. you know, Strike. You know what Striker is? Never heard of Striker. Wow, Striker was. This is amazing. Strike. Okay, so there were all these big bands in the '80s that were all like hair metal bands. Well, yeah, right? I know about like the ones that have stood the test of time to yeah. a certain extent, like Guns N' Roses and stuff. Guns N' Roses is probably the best example, but like White Snake was a really big deal. I've heard of White deal. Snake. I don't even know what songs they do, but I don't, um, I've heard yeah. of them. Here I Go Again was one of them. Oh, but, okay. I know that. There were, there were probably a solid 15 to 20 really popular hair Lover bands. Boy? Is uh, that a hair band? Um, that's a little different. They were from like, I think, 70s and 80s. It was like a different type of music. They, were, they weren't metal. Um, Poison was one. Talk Dirty to Me. Twisted Sister? Um, that's a good one. There were so many, and they all had a ballad, which was their biggest hit always yeah. um, for every one of them. But then there was Stryker. Stryker was the same thing, except they were a Christian rock band, but they were hair, and they did metal, and they had videos on MTV, and they spent the money. The production value was pretty high. So it felt like they were a, a quote, normal band, but weren't, and you could really tell also oh, really? by the name of the song and by... And so they were like always in like his on the honor outside. and stuff like something that. like that. Yeah. I mean, I have to look it up, but um, but they were their own thing. I'm sure someone has written like a really good blog post or two on Striker. Now that I think about it, I mean, I've been thought about it since. So I'm like the, the, Striker with a Y. So I'm like the Striker bassist. You are like the Striker bassist exactly, and you're like you know in his under his eye, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, yeah. to lay that sweet bass line down for God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. I'm just a vessel. This baseline is that's, is... that's a character that would I'd be fun to kind of inhabit for a day. Just go to the poker club and just be like, yeah, man, just want to lay some bass down for God. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. good. That's yeah. really good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, all right. That's all I got. How about you? Got anything? You, got look, anything you look the same. Yeah. Except you, you know... Careful. What? Careful. No, say what you're going to say. I mean, your hair changes colors sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you dye it. Sometimes you let it go natural, which... Yeah. What it's is like, it now? That's, is it natural or is that partially dyed? It's like a slightly, just yeah. a little bit. Jonathan yeah. has like slightly graying hair. Yeah. Um, I think it looks good, the salt and pepper look. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I think it's good. I'm surprised my hair is not gray yet. I mean, you're a lot younger. Yeah. I'm it's... 35, but my dad went gray when he was like 28. Really? Which is why I say that, yeah. Oh, so like you could Anderson Cooper it? Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Rick and Morty it? <laughs> As you always say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sometimes I played with the idea of just like maybe really, really go for it, man. Well, like um, diet white. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> but like essentially just never considered anything, but just like letting it be. Yeah. And then like I've done that and I'm like, uh, it's really white. It's like yeah. too white for me. I, I look at myself. I'm like, that's not me. That's not, that's not that guy. When did you start going gray? 
I mean, to some degree, I was going gray like in my twenties, like yeah. not not to the, like so just a had, little. You already had some when I met you, and you were like thirty nine. Yeah, yeah, I met yeah. You. yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been slowly going gray for a very long time. Yeah. Basically. So old, Jonathan Lovey. Yeah, and yet so full of wisdom. I have so much to add and so much to give to all of you. All right, give me an example. <laughs> What's an example of something you have to give to everybody? Here's something that's underrated that people don't talk about. All right. Raisin bread. <laughs> raisin bread. Raisin bread. Have you never had raisin bread? It was just bread with raisins in it? Yeah, of course it is. And you toast it and you put butter on it, and it is wonderful. You know, like the raisin bagel? Surely you've had a raisin yeah, bagel. Yeah, I've had a raisin bagel. But eh, I think this was like a precursor to the raisin bagel. I think bagel. there's a lot of superior bagels, so I don't often have a oh, raisin yeah, bagel. Oh, yeah, there are. There are. But there's something nice about that sweetness and that sort of stickiness that you get out of the raisin sometimes. I love a good sticky bagel. Well, you know, there's something <laughs> yeah. there that's kind of nice. And the raisin bread, it really, uh, the bread really lets that sweetness of the raisin shine. You know, I haven't thought, in, thought about raisin baking products for a while, so yeah. thank you. You did offer something there. I tell you, I got a lot to offer. That You know what? I'm going to max out, though, at one tip per podcast because I don't want to overwhelm all you youngsters, yeah. all you young minds. I have something to offer. Okay. Um, something Jonathan and I have, uh, have recently been introduced to. That It's a new poker oh, variant. Yeah. I just want to talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to talk about strategy of it or anything like that. I just want to put it out there in the world so more people can enjoy it. Cool. it's really fun. And it's uh, Deuce to Seven Dramaha. Wow. Have we been playing that today? Yeah. So Deuce to Seven Dramaha is a game like Dramaha. If you don't know what Drama High yeah, is... Yeah, you should probably do a one-second explainer on that. Uh, Drama High is a five-card game. You get five cards in your hand, and there's a board. It's, and o- it's Omaha. You play, so you're playing cards. Omaha High with five cards. Yeah. Um, and half the pot goes to the best Omaha hand on the board, because there's a flop, turn, and river. And half the pot goes to the best five-card draw hand in your hand. And after the betting period on the flop, there's a drawing period. And you can draw th- up to three cards. Yeah. And that, so that's Dramaha. And but now we're playing a variant of that. Which is Deuce to Seven Dramaha. So instead of trying to make a high card hand in your hand, you try to make the best Deuce to Seven hand, which is you know, the low that uh, can't contain a straight or a flush. Right. So Deuce, deuce Three, Four, Five, Seven, non-flushes the nuts. Right, because yeah. the aces are always high. Right. Yeah. And it, the, the dynamics of that game are, are really awesome. They like are, it, once you start getting into it, there's a lot of really cool considerations you know, you and I started playing it really in earnest. We were playing it a little bit before, but we played it a lot today. Yeah. And we talked about every hand as we were going and all that. And I will say the amount of thought that goes into that game is shocking to me. It is. Like yeah. really, really shocking. And uh, it's great. It's a really fun, cool game. Yeah. So anyway. So I encourage people to... You might not Try even it out. Be, you might not even be able to find it on the internet. That might be the best description. You'll find Dramaha. Yeah. So it's just Dramaha, except you're trying to make a low hand in your hand. Yeah. That sounds like it would be more boring than trying to make a high hand, but... It's, that's not, that's not how it works out. It's actually yeah. more fun. And I'm not like a low guy. I don't like low games that much. Nope, you don't. Yeah. But I actually do like Deuce to Seven a little better um, because it's so less likely that the low is chopped. You, mean, like, you mean in drama, huh? Yeah. Um. Well, in anything. Um, oh, okay. But, <laughs> so I'm not a low guy, but I really prefer actually, low games. What I, what I like is a low game where you draw. It might not matter if it's a Raz game where it's ace to five, uh. but because in, in flop games w- with a low, it's like, there's so often a chop of the nut low, and, and that's kind of boring to me. There just aren't very many draw games with a low. Like, it's essentially just low ball. Yeah. Like deuce to seven, um, either you right. know, triple draw or single draw. Yeah. I just this, is, this is deuce to seven, single draw, and you're playing Omaha at the same yeah. time is what it really is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I just don't – the games where you make a low on a flop just don't appeal to me as much because it's just so often chopped. I agree. I don't like that nearly as much. Now, this is way more interesting. There's a yeah. lot more dynamics, and we're not going to get into the strategy of it for lots of reasons. Yeah. 
Just want to put that out there into the world yeah. and see if people outside of Portland, uh, if you're outside of Portland and you are playing this game in some official capacity, let us know. That'd be interesting to know because yeah. my guess is it's really only being played in Portland right now. I think that guess is probably correct. Because we have a culture here in Portland in cash games where we do bomb pots a lot in our cash games. We're just have playing No Limit Hold'em for either most of the time or uh, like three quarters of the time. And the other pots are bomb pots, and the, there's different games you can play, and that's one of them. And I'm, I guess bomb pots are becoming a big thing everywhere. They seem to be, at least Texas and here. Yeah. I don't know about anywhere else. But, but I wonder if they're playing all the variants in Texas. I don't know. Mo- I, think, I think they are. I think they're playing a lot of them in Texas, having talked to Wonka, who's down there. Okay, uh, cool. It's spreading. It's growing. Yeah, it's going to be more and more of a thing, probably. Probably. Just like Garrett's Wealth. He's, it's growing because he crushes these games. This is yeah. live with the bike, not Hustler, but he's, we know he's the big winner on Hustler, right? We, at least we think he uh, was at one point and is likely to still be. Um, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, and he's against his old nemesis, Andy. Andy, Andy. Andy, the tightest Raggedy player. Ann's some boyfriend. Guy who, so I forget who it is who keeps trying to tell us that Andy's super tight. Yeah, I know, I know. He's so tight. I Maybe know, this guys. hand will prove that. Yep, it's let's possible. find out. Hey, this hand was suggested by Leo Chen, who's really been crushing it recently. If Jonathan, yep. take a look at our notes here of our recent hands we've been doing. Look how many times Leo Chen is showing up. It's just Leo thing. Chen, Leo Chen, yeah. Leo Chen, all over the notes. Well, two of them anyway. I, three, I see two. three. I see three. The three most recent. Well, I don't, but who cares? Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Um, Leo Chen maybe cares. Yeah. But, Leo, I'm sorry to say that... Jonathan doesn't care. I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I don't... Hey, I see you in the third one now. I see you. Um, great job, Leo. So this is the deal, Leo. If you die tomorrow, I will care. And Jonathan will be like, who? Yeah. I don't care. It's not that I'll be like, who? I'll be like, oh, no, Leo Chen died. And then not care. And I feel neutral about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if that, maybe, maybe better than neutral. Wow. Wow, that's well, dark. it means I've outlived one more person, doesn't ah, that, it? It does. And there's it's not a, anything bad about Leo. There's a little bit more resources on Earth for Jonathan Levy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I am winning the competition of who can live the longest because one less person is in it. Yeah. That's great for me. And more resources as well. Yeah. So it's, a, it's sort of a double whammy great thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like winning everything but in the it, world. But to be clear, I won't be happy that Leo Chen is dead because it's Leo Chen. I'll just be glad it's another body in right. the heap. Yeah, of course. Jonathan loves... <laughs> When bodies go in the heap. <laughs> it happened. I thought we were going to just have a normal opening and go right to the hint. It looked like we were just about to, and then we, we just veered at the very end, didn't we? Someone on Discord recently referenced your body part garden. So oh, yeah. That, that kind of relates to your body heap. So a first, bit. first the bodies go in the heap, and then you dismember them and put them in the body part garden? It was different. The body garden was more about like having, like killing people and, and then putting their... Ah. But, so would you, in the garden. would you refuse an already dead body <laughs> to use for your limb garden? I wouldn't refuse it, but now that they've given it to me, that person... The thrill may, is gone. <laughs> no, that per- <laughs> <laughs> That's better than what I was going to say. Let's just roll with that, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Anyway, Discord is where Leo Chen suggested this hand. You can suggest a hand on Discord. There's a link in the description. You can do a lot of other things there, too. It's fun. You should check it out. You could also suggest on Twitter. We're the Poker Guys on Twitter. Yeah. Don't let fear rule you. Let's do this. Is that like a big dog t-shirt? <laughs> a big dog t-shirt? Yeah, you know. Like there's is, that, like, is that a brand? Yeah, well, there's like a subset of people who look a little bit like Chris Moneymaker at the World Series of Poker yes. who wear these t-shirts. That I believe. And they, and they say things like, don't let fear rule you? Stuff like that. They always oh. play the Daily Deep Stacks. Anyway. <laughs> that is not a compliment. Right? <laughs> so everyone, if you're not clear, that is a put down. All right. It's a 5,100 game. Okay. 
Garrett's, cash game. Garrett, of, cash. Garrett, of course, has 130,000 in front of him because what else, what other amount would you have? So he has 1,300 blinds. Yeah. Okay. And Andy with $125,000 in front of him, 1,250 blinds. This is a deep game, sir. This is a deep game. It's great. Sir, somebody actually recently said something on our Discord that was very interesting about why Garrett is always so deep. Did you see that, Jonathan? I want to give correct uh, no. credit to this. I mean, if I saw it, I'd, it passed through me and much like a, a small piece of excrement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird one for you to say. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, whoever said it. Doesn't mean it was bad. I'm just saying, like... Yeah. Pass through me. Oh, speaking of Discord, sorry, this is an aside. We got another poker question on Discord. We're, we're not going to do it on this podcast, but we're we going to do it soon. Yeah, by, from Big Fish Theory. So, Big yeah. Fish Theory, we will do your question at some point. Yeah, in, probably very soon. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, anyway, yeah, the thing, I'm trying to find who said it, but they said that the okay. reason that Garrett is always so deep in these games, or at least the reason he was originally so deep in the LA games, is because it was kind of a status thing to put a ton of money on the table. Sure. Um, so, people would put way too much of their net worth out there, and Garrett would exploit that. Oh. So, I mean, what that really means, he's just covering the table. Yeah, always and really he's, saying, he's like getting he's a saying, lot go. more bluffs through because he's like, I know you can't actually call yeah. this. Right, right. Also, by putting out, like him buying for half a million dollars or $100,000 in these types of games, it encourages people maybe to not do that, right? Which, although he doesn't mind if they do, actually. He probably likes it if they do anyway. Yeah. I don't know if it encourages people not to do that. Anyway, I think some people are intimidated by that. Some people are not. Anyway, let's get to the hand, sir. Okay, so let's get to the hand. So 5,100 Garrett's got 130K. He's in the cutoff. He opens King Town of Clubs to 300. Fine. Andy is in the small blind. He's got 125K, so they're very close in the stack. So we're going to be playing 1,250 blinds effective. He's going to three bet to 1,300 with King Hearts, Jack of Hearts. Feels totally normal and fine. Especially when we're this deep. Yeah, and this is just a depolarization of the range. Like. This is a value three bet basically against Garrett's range from the cutoff. Yeah, and you can we see. Don't expect Garrett to ever fold basically. Essentially, never when they're this deep, right? Yeah. In, in position, too. I mean, my God. Um, but you can see Garrett's calling with a dominated king here. Like, it's a great deal for yeah. Andy. And of course, Garrett calls. I mean, he could four bet. Is there, I mean, there are some reasons to four bet, especially if these guys have gotten into a habit of depolarizing their three betting ranges. Yeah. Like a hand like King 10 of Clubs blocks some of the bigger hands, a few of the bigger hands that Andy can call a four bet with. That's and fair. It just is. It plays so well in position when you're when you're deep. Like I just don't know why we'd want to inflate it, the pot, right? Here. But if, but the thing that kind of sucks is the first hands that come to mind when I think of a depolarized three betting range are king jack and king queen. Yeah, ace jack, king queen. Yeah, I guess there's a little ace queen in there too. But I hear you. Yeah, ace queen is barely in the depolarization zone. That's kind of yeah. You might three bet the classic that. Yeah, three yeah, betting yeah, yeah. range. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, ace jack. Ace-Jack off, yeah. King-Queen, King-Jack. Those are, those are obvious ones, right? Yeah. 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 So I think four-betting is actually an interesting option, but certainly not necessary. We're just so insanely deep. We don't need to play a huge pot here when we get to be in position, and we get to take advantage of this depth we by not four-betting. We don't need to play a huge pot is not the theory that got Garrett <laughs> to be the biggest winner on Hustler Casino Live. Fair enough. But I'm saying the more we commit right now to the pot, the less like room we have to like make cool moves later. And sure, being but in we're, position, still, we're still going to have a ton of room. Well, we probably are. That's I mean, true. You're right. Like, You're what right. are we going to make it? At most, we're going to make it like 7K. Yeah. 70 blinds. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make it 70 blinds. Yeah. yeah. We're, we wouldn't ever make it that much anyway. Well, actually, we might when we're this deep. We might. Anyway, I like calling with a hand that flops well in position when you're deep, so... I'm pretty interested in calling mostly, although I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd much rather call with like a Jack-10 of clubs type hand where it makes cooler things than King-10 of clubs a lot of the time. 
and is less likely to be dominated by the depolarized range? I mean, Jack-10 is getting crushed by King-Jack and Ace-Jack. Ace-Jack is, 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 is... Shut up with Ace-Jack. Ace-Jack is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you should never speak. I hate it. Never be spoken of again. Anyway, Garrett calls, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, of course. The pot is $2,800. Okay. I don't know where the extra 200 came from. Not going to worry about it too much. I guess 100 if there's 100 big blind Annie, because Annie's in the small blind. Yep, there you go. That, there you it did is. it. Yep. Flop is ace of hearts, seven of hearts, ace of diamonds. Andy makes the nut flush draw. Two okay. aces on the board. Garrett has nothing. Feels like a pretty obvious bet for Andy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, he gets a lot of folds right now, you would think. Mm-hmm. And he also has a pretty good backup plan if, you know, he gets called, which is let's make the nut flush. Yeah. And Sounds good. hope that I'm not against a full house. Uh, yeah. So what's your sizing here? 2,800 in the pot. We don't need to bet huge no. by any means. Garrett should have a lot of snap folds, right? Like, what's he going to do with this hand, Grant? Right, and he's going he's gonna to call with eights pretty much no matter what we bet. Right, and he should be folding like the king-queens of the world all day long, I would think, that don't have a heart in them at least. Or, or yeah. king-queen of diamonds he may call yeah, with the backdoor stuff. But, like, he's got king-ten of clubs. I think we should bet an amount that's going to fold out this but isn't trying to fold out two eights, essentially, yeah. you know, or even king-queen of diamonds. Let's not worry about that. That's what I would think. Right? All right, so Andy bets 1100 Do you think that's a, the right amount? I think that's fine. Yeah, that seems like a pretty good amount. Garrett calls. He might even be able to bet less. He might be able to bet 900 and have the same outcomes, too. Garrett calls, though. Garrett's like, we're super deep, and it's not, it's not easy against Garrett. And I have position, and I could definitely be ahead of freaking Andy, the tightest guy in the world. That's true. And we're so deep that I can also maybe move Andy off a bunch of hands. Uh, anyway. Do you think this is mostly a call as a float to bluff later, or do you think he is going to have some checkbacks on the turn unimproved because he thinks he might be good? I would expect he is floating with the plan on betting unimproved turns if Andy checks. And I guess... even Because even if he's ahead... The question was structured somewhat poorly because when I say that, it's assuming that it's one or the other, but it could be both. It could be that he's floating and thinking, like, I could have the best hand, but I'm going to bet the turn unimproved yeah. because I want to deny equity anyway. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think the plan has to be if we call here, if we're checked on the turn, we have to bet, right? If Andy has two eights himself, he's really not going to love it. He may call once, but, like, we can put a lot of pressure on him. We can also hit a king or a ten. Like, all sorts of things can, that are good can happen, right? Like, so what do you think about the call, then? You, you're okay with the call? I mean, it's Garrett, so I give him a lot of credit, right? Sure. He's been outplaying Andy, I would say, this entire time. Yeah. Um, he knows he's better than Andy. Sorry, Andy. I think it's clear that that's true. I think most people would agree with that. I think that. it's not controversial to say that. Um, I don't think, I think Garrett is probably overrated by certain folks only because people call him like the goat and stuff like that. He's like the hustler goat. Yeah. He's the live at the bike goat, but that's because not everyone plays on those streams, right? Um, but he's very, very, very good. I think he's clearly better than Andy. I watch Andy play some hands and I'm sometimes just like, so you opened, so someone raised... Sorry, you open queen eight off under the gun. This actually is a hand he just played and made a video about even. Okay. So I listened to his thought process on it even. So he decides to open queen eight off under the gun. Lord knows why. Um, he gets three bed reasonably big by uh, MM, who's like a good player. Yeah. Um, now, it could be wide, but is a good player. And he decides to put in the four bet with queen eight off. And when he talks about it, he says, and I just decided to. Like, he has no actual reason for mm-hmm. any of it, you know. And then, like loses a huge amount of money to this guy in the end. You know, loses like $150,000 in wow. this pot because Andy goes bet, 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 and MM has aces and just goes call, call, call. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty beautiful. Maybe it's not one hundred fifty, but it's something like that. It's some huge amount. Yeah. And he ends up overbetting the pot on the river 
and it can't work against aces, and it doesn't. Um, now, that's a hand which MM is going to be able to call with, but it just Andy doing that with queen eight off just makes, to me, is like, that can't be good. It's just one of those things that feels... And, and if, maybe if he had good reasons for it, that's fine, but his reasons are, I just kind of did it, and probably I should fold. That's like what he says, you know? So, it, so like, what the hell? Okay, so what does that information tell you about the quality of Garrett's call? Does that one way or the other influence how that, you... Well, that says to me that Garrett is a much deeper thinker than Andy is, almost certainly. Okay. And so he's going to have... He's going to see more opportunities um, than Andy is. Okay. And so I can understand why he's calling, especially when it's 1,100 and they're this insanely deep. He's like, I'm just going to call once and see what happens on the turn. I don't yeah. hate it. I think against a lot of players, you should just fold, but I think it's, it's at least fine. Okay. I'll do you one better than at least fine. Okay. I'll do you amazing. Whoa. And this is the time-sensitive thing because this is coming out on August 29th. You have until the end of August to get in this free roll NFL oh, survivor yeah. pool. Nitro betting is putting up a decent chunk of change. Over $1,000 as of right now. Over $1,000 as of the time of this recording is being put up by Nitro betting for this NFL survivor free roll. All you got to do is send us your Nitro betting ID number, which you can find in your account details on Nitro betting. If you don't have a Nitro betting account yet, it's very easy to sign up. Use the link in the description of this podcast that'll send you there. You have to use that link, though, because that's the only way you get credit for being one of our people, and our people are the only people allowed in this free roll. And I got to tell you, you are running out of time. If you've been hearing us talk about this on the podcast or on Discord or anything else, you're thinking, yeah, I'll get to it. You have almost no time left before you are locked out of this thing get on this get, just do it get us your nitro betting id number today it's all it takes on it's twitter or on discord you can dm us either place yep um and we will get you in this survivor free roll it's not going to be a huge number of people that you're playing against this right. is like this is over a thousand dollars it's going to be chopped up expected value wise between not thousands of people you know it's right. going to be a it's pretty be, good spot for it's you a small chunk expected value wise even if you've never played an nfl survivor pool before it's pretty fun you pick one team each week you can only pick each team once, so you have to think about what's coming in the future. Um, it's a nice little extra sweat if you like to watch the NFL anyway, and it's free. Why it, not? It literally costs you nothing, and if you've never signed up for Nitro Betting, this is a good time to do it. You don't have to give them any personal information. All you need is an email and a password. That's it. It's a great deal. And Yeah, and you get in this free roll, which is it's one of the best things we've had on offer ever yeah. from Nitro Betting, and they do a lot of good offers for our people, which is another reason, of course, to sign up, because more stuff like this comes in the future. We're actually a little surprised at how the response hasn't been bigger, yeah. which, which is good for anyone who's deciding to get in because there's less people you have to compete against for this money. I would have thought there had been a lot more people jumping on this yeah. than there are so far anyway. So yeah. we'll as, see what happens. Time, as of the time of this recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But no matter how many people are in it, it's a, it's a $1,000 free-for-all. Why wouldn't you do it? It's fun. It's like there's nothing bad about it. So anyway. Yeah. We're, we're perplexed. Come and join us. Yep. Join us in the free-roll. In the pool of perplexion. The pool of perplexion. That's where, that's where Gan- Andy's going to get put by Garrett in his hand, I bet. Because you know how he does the perplexioning. He does perplexion very yeah. well. Anyway, $5,000 in the pot now after the bet by Andy and the call by Garrett on the Ace of Hearts, Seven of Hearts, Ace of Diamonds flop. Andy has King Jack of Hearts for the Nut Flush Draw. Garrett has King Ten of Clubs for the I'm Garrett. Turn yeah. is the King of Diamonds. Hello, everyone hits a king. Andy's still ahead. Yeah. Jack still plays. Andy checks now. What do you think about this? Makes sense. Like, Yara could easily have a medium ace, and you're just valuing yourself at that point if you bet. We are right now way ahead, especially when you're Andy and you've got the hearts covered. You're way ahead, way behind. Right. Like, so the plan is just to check call and see what happens. Absolutely. Like uh, We don't really love it even check calling, but with the hearts in our hand, we're always going to. 
Um, and probably have to anyone. Garrett's capable of what he's doing right here, right? Like yeah. we hit the king. He obviously can have a lot of hands here that we wouldn't otherwise expect. It feels really straightforward. And Garrett now, we said he was floating to, to bet most likely, but now he has very little reason to bet, right? Yeah. When he hits the king. Like if Andy has a pocket pair, he's just going to fold most of the time. You're probably not going to get value from those hands. And Andy, of course, is checking a hand just like he has, king, queen, and king, jack. Yep. Very reasonably, why would we want to value ourselves here? Right. And if Andy has weaker hearts, you would have expected him to continue betting on this card rather than checking. Yep. So it seems like there's not any value in betting for Garrett. I think neither player should be betting. I like that they both check. They do both check, and the river is the ten of hearts. Hello. So Garrett, Garrett makes three pair, which is useless, obviously, except for blocker purposes. And Andy makes the nut flush. Hmm. Very interesting, Grant. All right, my first question for you, Jonathan. What's your middle name? Meredith Levy. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. It's my uncle's uh, name. They pass it down. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, is what are you putting Garrett on at this point? What's the range of hands you're putting Garrett on if you're Andy? I mean, I think he's got a lot of aces here. It feels like a lot of like, like weak ace, trip aces. Ace, eight, ace, seven. Yep, okay. stuff like that. Um, he sometimes is probably checking back even better aces, like ace, queen, a little bit on the trip. He's mostly betting that, yeah. I think. Um, but he's going to check that sometimes, too. But I think trip aces is completely reasonable to put him on. Sometimes Garrett, by the way, also makes a worse flush. Very reasonably, right? Like yeah. he went back. He isn't always going to bet his flush stuff on the turn. Not, not always, always, but he's going to do it with some frequency. That's true. He is going to do it. And us having the king, the king of hearts in our hand and the ace of hearts being on the board, that's true. He's often going to bet his worst flush for us. Yeah. In fact, he's almost always going to, isn't he? So worst flushes isn't that much a part of it. I take it back. Um, I think trip aces is very reasonable. Yeah. To, to be targeting. Some pocket pairs, too, of course. Some pocket pairs and some kings. Although, what kings does he have? The, apparently, when, he's got when all we the have, big kings. When but we have the king of hearts, it feels rare for Garrett to yeah. have a king. It feels like it's really hard to get any value out of Garrett here. It feels like Garrett usually is betting trip aces on the turn when checked to. Not always, but usually. Um, I could see checking trip aces on the turn for the same reasons that he tripped, uh, checked the king. Yep. I the mean, bad like, trip aces. Because you, if, under the assumption that Andy's going to continue betting with weaker hearts. Yep. You'd, you'd want to charge those. Yep. Um, if, he, if he were to check those. That's what I'm saying. You say you want to charge those? That's what you said. You don't mean that. I don't mean you that. You don't need to charge. You don't need to charge. Because there's nothing to charge. There's nothing to charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Um, that makes more sense. I got you know, it. it looks I like it, it looks like these guys have, like, um, pocket pairs. Like, especially when you're Andy, and we've got these, hand, these cards in here, mostly you think Garrett's got, like, yeah, like two nines or something, right? Like, that's a hand he might check back. Yeah, and he's probably not going to call any amount with that hand. Probably not. It's going to be really... Except for Andy. The good news is we're Andy. But this 10 of hearts is really hard to get called by a worse hand than nines. The nines are worse, right? So all of this to say we should hope he has trip aces and yeah. target that. I think so. Because so. we're probably not going to get much value out of weaker hands anyway. And doesn't he just have to call with trip aces? Doesn't I'll, he just have to? So we should bet big, is what yeah. we're saying. I think so. Andy agrees. How much is in the pot? 5K, and he bets 6,500. Well, 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 Sir Andy. This is interesting already. Is this even too much? Probably not against Garrett. <sighs> Probably not against Garrett. It's a lot. It's really a lot. Yeah. What, is he going to ever find a miracle fold? Because, like, Queen Jack gets there, for example. Can he, can he fold some of his aces? Wouldn't Andy bet Queen Jack on the turn a lot of the time? Yeah. A lot of the time he would. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It feels like it's a little too much. I'm worried that it's too much. Yeah. You think just normal pot? 
would be better. Just I think even a little less than the pot. 4K. I think 4K, 4,500 really works well. And it's like, I don't see how trip aces can ever fold for that amount. I think Garrett can make some hero folds right now with trip aces for hmm. 6,500. And by the way, there's another thing Garrett can do with trip aces. He could turn into a bluff. He could turn into a bluff. And, uh, you know, by betting so much, it's gonna, it, we're going to... It's going to be more uncomfortable than it has to be. Now, maybe if we're going to snap call, it doesn't matter. And then we make more money off the bluff, and it's fine. But um, fair enough, if that's the plan. But if it isn't the plan, and we don't know what to do, well, then we, set it, we put ourselves in a weird spot. Well, only if Garrett decides to do something. Right, but Garrett's the kind of guy who absolutely could turn trip, trip aces into a bluff. We what know about this. King-10? He's got, he blocks ace-king, he blocks king-king, he blocks 10-10. Yeah, that's all cool, for sure. It's hard for Andy to have... Full houses here. Yeah. Really, really, really hard because of all the blocking. He has to have A7 or 7-7 mostly. I mean, obviously, there are still combos, including the king and the 10, but they're fewer and far between. Yes. Yeah. So Garrett, as we know, is going to make a move here, or else why would this be a breakdown hand? He's got to make a move, man. Two questions. Hit me. Should he? Is this the right hand to do it with? And if you're going to make a move, how how do you size it? I'm really worried about this not being the right hand to do it with as we're talking. Um, what is it that we think Andy has that's a problem? He bets 6,500. He's polarized himself to very strong or very weak. Yeah. We're right in the middle. He has to have exactly the king high flush for it to be a problem. For Andy, you mean? For Garrett. For Garrett. Oh, oh I see what like, you're saying. If you're, if you're saying we can just call with this hand. Right, right, right. Like if we think Andy's going to be polarized here. Like, because... Any other flush, you would have expected that Andy would have continued betting that on the turn. And, and Andy, you just can't imagine if Andy's got like ace nine, let's yeah. say, or even ace queen. And, and the heart comes the in. The heart comes. Is he really going to bet more than pot with ace queen? That's a weird decision. Because it's like so, you, you're like blocking trip aces yourself. Like, what is the guy supposed to call you with? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, I wonder if we can just call enough of the time here for this to work for us. Well, maybe Garrett puts Andy on his exact hand. Because that's, that's the one thing that makes perfect sense, it right? It does. That has us in trouble is the king high hearts. I mean, but then Andy has to fold the king high hearts if we raise. It's the nut flush. It's not like, oh, yeah, that's going to work. Like, yeah. that's not automatic by any means. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. Well, Garrett decides that all spots are Garrett's spots. Yeah. He blocks full houses. That's enough for him. I mean, that's... Something. It's better than just taking a random hand and doing it with, obviously. No question. Yeah. And maybe the question is also, what hands do we get here with that we would need to turn into a bluff? And we, when we call the flop, you figure we don't have king 10 very often, right? And yeah. the 10 is irrelevant to us. So, even though, so it works as a blocker, but it doesn't help us in any other way, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. We block, as you're saying, we block ace-10, we block 10-10. That's a big deal. We block ace-king, we block king-king. Yeah. Maybe this is just the best bluffing hand, and we have to choose a right, bluffing because hand. because maybe trip aces is just too good to turn into a bluff. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so maybe that's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Garrett thinks that's the deal. Yeah. That's I, reasonable. I'm inclined to believe Garrett. I don't even know that it would occur to me to raise because I'd be like, don't I just beat Andy enough that I can call here? Yeah. And I like I, raising is so fancy. Like, why do any of that? Like, we just win enough. Well, Garrett hit the nail on the head in, as far as knowing that he's not ahead. <laughs> like, sure. But he, I mean, but so this has to, has to work. He this makes, is he not makes it 35K. Well, that helps. That's, that gives you a shot, that's right? That's like a five and a half X raise. So. There was 5,000 in the pot, then Andy put another 6,500. There's 11,500, and Garrett just raised that 6,500 to 35,000. It's a 3x pot raise. Yeah. Wow. It's intense. That's intense. 
He's, I mean, Garrett goes for it. We, we've seen it on the, on the show for years and years. So, all right. Let's think about it from Andy's point of view. Okay. One card that we have in our hand, which isn't ideal, is the King of Hearts, right? Like, because that's the nut flush blocker yeah. card anyway. Right. So Garrett doesn't have the nut flush blocker. Which, like, he might have had where he checks back the turn. Although, I don't know how he calls the turn, the flop, but he called with King 10. So I guess he can call with the King of Hearts in his hand. He could have, yeah, King Queen off or something. Apparently. Yeah. Or King, King X of Hearts, whatever. Oh, no, right. King Queen off. Sorry. Um, but King Queen off makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess he would call with that. So he turns the king, he checks it back, the heart comes, and he's like, ha-ha, I have a blocker, but we have that blocker. So yeah. he doesn't have that. That eliminates the most obvious bluffing hand. Yeah. So, I guess king 10 might be the second most obvious bluffing hand. But then he has to call the flop with king 10. It's so king it's 10 like, of diamonds only diamonds, is what I would yeah. assume. But turns right. out it's all of them, but I would think it was king 10 of diamonds I would only. think that also. So now we're down to one combo of that. So now he has to be bluffing with trip aces. Yeah. Well, we size it in such a way that he might decide to bluff with trip bases sometimes and not always just call. Yeah, if it's a weak trip bases. His bad trip bases he might sometimes bluff with, sometimes call. His good trip bases he's just going to call with. Yeah, I guess. He might just find a call, though, with all his trip bases. It's a pretty good hand. Does he really need to bluff that? I mean, Andy made it 6,500, but does he? it's Andy. Andy, super spewy. Does he really need to bluff it? I don't know that he does. So what's Garrett repping? Ace-10? It feels like only ace-10. Yeah, it's not ace-king. It's not king-king. 10-10, I don't even know that he would raise 10-10 yeah. in reality here. Maybe he would. When it goes check, check on the turn, actually, yeah. And then the 10 comes, you've got 10-10 in your hand. Maybe you can raise it, actually. Maybe, although Andy might play ace-king that way because you know, he turns the whole world. But Garrett, call on the flop, and you want to get called by flush yeah. draws on the turn. Of course, they may bet anyway if we check. They might fold if we bet too much. That's true, but we don't have to bet too much. Yeah. Ace-king's a possibility for Andy. Okay. It's at least a possibility. Yeah. I mean, um, look, if we, if we can't raise 10-10 as Garrett, that means we're only raising ace-10, and then we're still losing ace-king either way. I think 10-10 is the minimum we can raise. Yeah, okay. Because 7-7 is now losing to 10-10, which Andy would have played this way throughout. And then Andy bets 6,500, yeah. where it's like, oh, God, he has ace-10 or 10-10. Yeah. That's the concern, right? Yeah. Garrett is clearly not targeting ace-10, because he can't ima- there's no chance he ever gets ace-10 to fold. No, Garrett is targeting trip aces or a flush, I think. Yeah. And it, but it has to be the king-high flush, based on how Andy played it, which yeah. is definitely possible. And he might go down to King Deuce of Hearts on, in his three betting range. We don't know, um, but it's definitely possible. You, yeah, even even um, going after ten ten is really difficult to do. He's not going after ten ten. Yeah. He blocks ten ten. Right, he blocks ten ten. He's going after trip aces. Yeah, and some king high flushes. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So we're Andy. We're here. We can think of some bluffs that at least in theory Garrett could have. I think Garrett is going to show up with those and sometimes in practice too. He's Garrett. Turns yeah. out he is. But like in reality, like we see him do this kind of stuff, right? He's willing to pull the trigger. We mm-hmm. know this. Um, what value does he really, really have? It's only 10-10? Ace-10 and 10-10? That's it, right? Yeah. Okay, that's... Let's see how many combos is that really? There's three combos of 10s. There's... Two aces and three. So there's, six, there's 11 combos total of... Sorry, not eight combos total of value that he can have. Yeah. Right? Three which tens, is, five of the other. Which might be okay when he has, bets this much. I guess it's got to be nine combos, but okay. Um, but yeah, yeah he nine. bets so much. Yeah. He bets so much. Okay. His bluffs are potentially trip aces, potentially king 10, yeah. although he can't have king 10 of hearts, so maybe it's only the king 10 of diamonds in your mind. In your mind, yeah. Um. We know he's going to lean into 
these bluffs, though, as Garrett. But he's, he's also going to lean that. into value. Of course he is. No, no. He, if he's got us, he's probably going to make a 35K sometimes. He probably is. But we know that he isn't the kind of guy who, like, has to have it here. You know, he's probably close to balanced. Okay, so let's say he's close to balanced. Yeah. Is this a hand we want to call with, with that in mind? Uh, I think what I've been thinking this whole time is that trip aces is probably a better call than this hand, even though by rank it's worse. And you know why. All you people know why. Because we think Garrett is just never raising a flush on the river. Never. Especially not to 35K. No chance. Right. So then blocking the aces is better. And then as Andy, we have to think, how often do we not bet our trip aces on the turn? And the answer is sometimes. Right? Yeah. Like, we never... Like, this hand, we always play this way. Yeah. Trip aces, we sometimes play that way. Right. Um, certainly, all our good trip aces, I think, we're betting on the turn, because especially we're trying to charge the hearts. Yeah. Um, and get value from our worst trip aces. So all the yeah. good ones are getting bet. Probably ace eight plus. Sure. That sounds about right. Um, and then worse aces are probably getting bet sometimes, knowing Andy, but yeah. not, all, not always. Um, so we have some of those, but not a huge amount. What else do we have? Do we ever have worse flushes? Do we ever check the turn with two hearts? Trying to check raise? Maybe at least a little. I guess maybe we have a few combos of that, but yeah. I wouldn't really account too much for yeah, it. Yeah, besides that, we're just going to fire again, right? Yeah. As we see, Garrett's going to call a lot on these flops, and Andy should have a sense of that. Yeah. Maybe not this wide. I never would have thought it would be this wide, but he's got to know Garrett's not going away on the flop, just like he knows a three-bet is never chasing Garrett away. Yeah. It's a zero percenter. Yeah. Yeah. It's not happening. Um, yeah, I think distribution-wise, this isn't actually that great of a hand for Andy here. Hmm. I think ace-queen is clearly a better hand to call with. Yeah. Interesting. We block more of the bluffs. Yeah. Could Garrett ever take the lone king of hearts and make this play? Well, would he? Maybe it's better. I you, guess you mean I, if Andy didn't have it? Yeah. Yeah, no, now I'm saying like Andy's got like a different hand, but I would, think he could do that because that? then he blocks the king, 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 and ace, king, full houses, and he also blocks a potential calling hand that Andy has with the nut flush. Yeah. But he probably wouldn't do that if somehow he had the queen of hearts. I mean, yeah. I guess it's possible, but it's, he's got, like, king-queen with the queen of hearts, and he's like, I block straights, I block flushes. Seems unlikely. Fuck you, Andy. Here we go. Your, your line doesn't make a lot of sense unless you have exactly 10-10. Yeah, like, I, think, I think this is a fold for Andy. I think you call with some of your trip aces and you fold this hand. Huh. You disagree? It's just... The sizing is what makes this a fold, I yeah. think, right? Like, that's the only thing. If Andy bet a normal amount on the, on the river and he gets raised, if Andy bets 4K and he gets raised to 16K, I think he probably has to call. Yeah, I agree. Because Garrett's representing a little bit of a different range when we bet. But betting 6,500, we're representing something so strong, and then he makes it so much. Yeah, it changes everything. Now I everything. think you're probably right. Now we probably have to have um, trip aces and full houses and stuff like that. Well, obviously full houses. We like that. But, yeah, of course. Right. But, but like, and we, calling with our trip aces does make more sense. And I don't even know if we can call with all of our trip aces, depending on how wide we're going to be there. You know, maybe we're not that wide if we uh, pre-flop, if we know Garrett's always calling. Maybe we're not, like, three-betting our bad aces very much, you know? Yeah, it's never getting through. Why, I mean, why would we do that? In practice, if I'm in the small blind in a cash game and there's a calling station who opens, I'm not three-betting ace seven off just well, because I have a blocker. That's you know, a horrible like, idea. Why would I do that? Yeah. yeah. And if you got, like, ace three suited, you should mostly just call. Yeah. The guy's not going to fold, and he's a calling station. Like, why are we inflating the pot out of position with a bad hand? Like, yeah. There's just no reason to do it. Yeah. 
Like, make a hand and get value. Yeah. 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 So Andy ends up folding. Huh. And I think I like it. I, I guess I, was- I like it, too. It's weird, because when I first saw it, I don't think I knew the sizing, like, compared to the pot when I saw it, like, really quickly. I just saw the hands. Yeah. And I was like, God, you can't go folding the nuts. The nut flesh against fucking Garrett. That's just awful. But seeing the sizing, I understand it. Yeah, so I think Andy did it just fine. I think yeah. I might have played the hand almost the same way as Andy throughout, except for perhaps the sizing on the river. It's weird because if he bets smaller on the river, it's possible Garrett doesn't even raise. It's possible Garrett sometimes feels like he can call and win enough. Yeah, if he bets like 4K. Yeah, maybe Garrett sometimes calls and then he gets to win. Sometimes Garrett raises and Andy probably calls a lot more because it changes yeah. the ranges. Everything's different. But yeah. Andy's polarized. Andy's almost overrepped his fucking hand by making it 65. Yeah. And he fucks the whole thing up, I think, by doing that, is my guess. Although I understand what he's doing. He's targeting trip bases and hoping Garrett just can't fold, especially when they're this deep, where 6,500 doesn't feel like, eh, I got 130,000 in my stack. It's like just, it's just a chip, basically. Like, it's not, it's, but, you know, it's three, but like still, you know, it doesn't feel like anything to throw yeah. him off your stack when you're that deep. That's what Andy's trying to do, but boy, it works against him here. Garrett just fucking destroys him in this hand. Oh, it's he so does. unlucky for Andy that this hand plays out this way. Like it's, he could, pretty, it's too bad. He could have won on the flop so easily. Like, almost everyone falls that flop, Yeah, I right? know. And then to make it, make your hand. By the way, king-king on the turn, if he doesn't hit the heart, it's going to go check-check on the river or a small bet call on the river most of the time, right? Like, it's so unlucky. It's the 10 of hearts on the river specifically, which is like, it costs him all this money and the pot. It's wild. Yeah, cool hand. Cool hand. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.